0: You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my
1: significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Because scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob
2: and Ball were ready, so let's go. Well, I got the guy to gotta get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue. What is up, everybody? TSR is back again with its third fan episode. This week's team will be the Dallas Cowboys, and we have a very special guest that has come on to talk about them. That guest is none other than the G- GW Eagles offensive line coach and run game coordinator, Hunter Carnes. Hunter, got to say it's truly awesome that you've come on, man. Bo and myself are stoked to have you on. How are you doing?
0: What's going on, guys? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just hanging out during this uh, quarantine. Um, now, I've known Bo since – Seven or eight years ago when I moved to Danville and uh,
2: started working at GW and coaching with his dad. Yeah, like I said, man, I saw you were repping GW real early this morning. Uh, you already got the hat on, which I love. Uh, what made you a Cowboys fan?
0: Uh, growing up, my mom liked the Cowboys, so they were on naturally on TV on Sundays. So just kind of ingrained. It was just passed down
2: through my mom to me. Yeah, man, I was just talking to Bo. Just looking at the Cowboys' roster, and we'll jump into it in a little bit. They have a really exciting team, a lot of great players. Um, but what were your thoughts on the 2019 season, man? What were your thoughts on last season?
0: Uh, last season, we went 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, it was a good start. We're 3-0. Oh. Um,
2: come out, I mean,
0: better than most people expected. We lost three close games, uh, a little bit of play calling. Issues, questions going on, and um, that was kind of the theme for the season. We played good one week. Next week, we play Collin to be a little off, and offense would be as good as it was.
2: Yeah, y'all, y'all finished eight and eight. Y'all placed second in the NFC East. Um, I thought Dak had an awesome season, uh, one that I thought was going to get him come, just get a big, big. Contract and I still think he deserves it, even though there's a lot of uh, kind of scrutiny going on around it. Um, Y'all paid Ezekiel Elliott big money, and then he had uh, maybe, like, by his standards, one of the worst years he's had, which isn't saying much. The guy still had (laughs) 1,300 rushing yards, and, like, I I don't even know, I think 12 uh, rushing touchdowns. But – and then, in my opinion, it was just another – year of watching Jason Garrett make awful decisions and waste more of the amazing talent that the Cowboys have. <laughs> oh, I feel like I that's that. what he does. It's just what that's, he
0: does. That's what he's been doing year in and year out. And it's just aggravating for a Cowboys fan to see year in over and over and over again.
2: And what I can't believe, and me and Bo have talked about this a lot, is the fact that the Giants went out and hired him as an offensive coordinator after watching him make horrible decisions. Pretty, pretty quickly too. I feel like, yeah, I feel like very. They, they snatched him like he was the like,
3: like the flavor of the month. You know what I mean? It's weird.
2: I just I just can't believe. I don't know. You know, with Joe Judge too being the, the head coach for the Giants, I just don't understand the whole uh, the coaching thing going over there, going on over there in New York. But uh, but what were your thoughts on 2019 for the Cowboys? Anything you got to say on that? <laughs>
3: Well, I, I mean, what Hunter said is uh, some play calling issues that you just no, no real consistency in the game plan is like one week they come out with one objective and they just completely stray away from it. I mean, they had a good home record, which is what they should, in the, you know, down there in Jerry World. It's an awesome stadium to play in. They're 5-3 and three at home and 3-5 and five on the road, so it seems like they probably lost their identity a little bit on the road. Um, I mean, but that happens. I mean, uh, Steelers, it happens to them all the time, too. Um, and they just, it's, it's, it's easier to get up for those home games, I guess, playing in dallas
2: oh, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely the, the weird thing about the nfc east which is actually really cool and it makes it a lot more fun to watch is bo correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure every year i can't remember for the, how many years it's been i think it's at least the last decade every year they've had a different uh division winner
3: yeah it, it changes a lot and i think something that i don't it's kind of unique to their division i feel like dallas as a division has to travel maybe more than any other t- like team singular team does in their division in the league. I mean, they go from Dallas to Philly, Dallas to New York, and Dallas to Washington for their, for their road games in the division. I mean, can you think of another team that has to travel that many states for their divisional games? I'm trying to think. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe the maybe Dolphins? Dolphins, yeah. I mean, they, they stink in their division normally. And, and on the they're not that good on the road, you know, so it's the Dolphins are another team that if you came down there, you were, you had a good chance of losing this year, but still had a subpar record.
2: I, I just think there's there's four <laughs> really good quality. Now, obviously, records haven't shown this, but there's four really good quality teams in the NFC East, the Redskins, the Giants, the Cowboys and the Eagles. There's a lot of history in that division. And I, I just think it's awesome that it's so competitive every year. I'm pretty sure am – I, am I wrong, Bo? Philadelphia won that division last year. Yeah,
3: nine instead seven. one.
2: But this year, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, and we'll get to our record predictions later on, but I have the Cowboys winning their division this year. I think there's too much talent. you got Mike McCarthy coming in. I just think Mike <laughs> McCarthy's going to be a little bit more upbeat. He probably won't make the same mistakes with the play calling because I don't think anyone can make that many mistakes mistakes as Jason Garrett doing hasn't
3: he hasn't he been like just studying for the past year or something like he, that he has
2: been yeah. I mean for God's sakes, the guy i um, pretty sure spent the night for two nights at Jerry Jones house I mean that's how bad this guy was <laughs> so I think he's completely ready to go uh I gotta ask you this Hunter all this talk about paying Dak Prescott what do you, What are your thoughts on it? Does does he deserve the money in your eyes as a fan, but also as a coach? Does he deserve the money in your eyes, or would you you know, let him walk for what he's asking for? Obviously, he is expecting to be the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, which is what every quarterback pretty much becomes um, with their next um, contract. What are you your thoughts on it?
0: I mean, to an extent, I agree with him, but I don't think he should be the top-paid, I mean, top five, top three maybe, but I mean – Look at Mahomes. Mahomes went out and won the Super Bowl. Dak. Dak's got what one playoff win, maybe. Yep. Yeah. I know. I mean, a little bit is based on play calling, getting the stats and whatnot. But I mean, I mean, I believe he's top three, top five. But I wouldn't say necessarily pay him that much money because I mean, I think based on his past, I mean, he's got to have a little more record.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. But what are your thoughts on I me? And you've talked quite a bit about Dak and his contract situation. What are your thoughts? Do you think the guy mm-hmm. should get his money? Like I said, the reason I thought he should is last year he came out and he's showing he's growing as a player, and he had a very good season. He almost did 5,000 yards last year.
3: What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think – I think Dak as a businessman as a if you're looking is looking out for number 1 he's doing the right thing for himself. I mean if 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 you were Dak Prescott you'd be chasing the big bag too. But do I think he's the best that he's the talent wise he's you know the highest paid quarterback or he's the number 1 quarterback? No, absolutely not. He's definitely demanding a uh, demanding enough player to I mean he deserves the top 3 quarterback league money in the league money. I mean they're talking about the Mahomes restructuring I mean a uh, contract um, right now like the chiefs organization and i'm sure he's going to get top quarterback money oh, yeah, and whichever yeah with
0: him.
3: yeah and i mean whichever one of them signs first is going to set the bar for the for the other one and just to go above it you know and if, if i think dak knows that if he doesn't get it in dallas i mean if he walks he'll probably get it somewhere else there's a team out there that needs to pay a quarterback that needs someone solid under center
2: well yeah, that's what me and you were just talking about, Bo, you know, right before we got the podcast going. It's talking about Andy Dalton and kinda of what, what does it mean for him showing up? You know, are they trying to motivate Dak or are they basically saying, Look, stop asking for so much money. We've got a guy that can be our guy if you walk. I, I do it's know gonna if it's, work
3: in the reverse. I think yeah, it's I don't, work in the reverse.
2: I don't know if it's them kinda of putting <laughs> pressure on him to play better or if they're kinda of threatening being like, Yeah, like you better keep playing well. You know, I don't I don't know what the whole contract. The yeah. only reason I say that he should get the money, a big part of it, actually, is just because of the team he plays for. He's yeah. the, the most important position for the, the most popular team in the NFL. Yeah, I, figure, it, I figure if he doesn't get the stats, that's what's going to get him paid.
3: Oh, yeah, and I think – I wanted to ask Hunter this also. You don't see many – this has to do with the offense, and it it affects Dak directly. Uh, You know, Kellen Moore is the OC, and, I mean, he was a quarterback. And you don't see many head coaching changes that leave the OC intact. You know, they usually just clean house, bring in all their own guys. What do you think about them leaving Kellen Moore with Dak? You think that's a big deal?
0: No, I mean, I like it. I like McCartney coming in, and I like Kellen staying there because I think they're going to get away from the – traditional pro-style offense and open it mm-hmm. up and spread it out a little more. And I think that's kind of what they want to see with Dak this year. All right, what's he going to do? Are we spread it out a little more? And is he going to get better if he does? Hey, pay the man. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. you look at it, they I mean, they wanted to hand it off, throw a couple of play action. I mean, you got you got to be able to run the football, but you got to be able to go play sideline to sideline as well. I mean, look at the Chiefs. They've done a great – they don't run it much. Their runs are short little passes. Kind of to take advantage of it. So, I think with a new offensive system, might give him a better year, and he might end up getting that contract.
3: Yep.
2: I think, you know, every year, and I've just got to say this, Hunter, and it's no disrespect to the Cowboys with you as a fan, but every year the Cowboys fans say it's their year. Oh, yeah, got to, got to, and, yeah, got man. You And, you know, I'll be honest with you, Hunter. As a Bengals fan, I've never once said that in my life because <laughs> I just know that's not the case. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but so, so I'm glad you guys have the opportunity to at least believe stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I just think I think this year, like I said, the Cowboys have too much talent. I don't know if Dak goes out. I think he's going to go out again and try to prove himself. Um, and, you know, they've had talks, but what was it that just came out that they offered him a five year, one hundred and seventy five million dollar yep. deal? That's going back yep. and forth right now. Schefter saying that's not true. Was Other it one twenty
3: guaranteed? They said one
2: twenty guaranteed, which would have made him the highest paid quarterback Shoot. in the league. Um, but and it also came out that Dak wanted at least four years on his contract. Which is understandable. The guy's young and he wants to stay where he's at.
3: You, well, oh, yeah, yeah. and he wants to, and he wants it to be a, a long-term deal, but like not not too long to where he's getting old. He wants you want to have as many contracts as possible. Yeah, that, that's why I the think,
2: four years know. was basically yeah. the key. He wants yeah. four years where, he, where even when he comes out, he can still hit that next contract.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So so we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, mm-hmm. like I said, it was the the whole deal with Ezekiel Elliott holding out last offseason, then getting paid, and then having kind of a down year that just wasn't a good look just kind of maybe for the Cowboys, but also for the whole thing with paying running backs nowadays. That That's oh, just not not the thing to do, I don't think, anymore, especially after what we saw happen with Todd Gurley, even though that was an injury issue we didn't see coming. Just don't pay uh, running backs like that anymore. But, guys, let's talk about key free agency additions to the team and also the departures. Um, Bo, would you want me to go through the list of the big additions I thought were big, or do you want to do yours first?
3: Um, well, I'll go through the the additions list, and then I, and then I guess you can either – Go through yours or take the departures, but the ones ones that I have here that are big names, uh, Gerald McCoy is probably the biggest uh, biggest name. I mean, obviously, it's going to be great interior help. Um, and I'm, I know he's excited to play for a franchise like Dallas. I mean, after after dealing with what he's dealt with the last few years, leaving Tampa, hoping to get more wins in Carolina, and then running into a rough season, I mean, I know he's happy to be a part of possibly the best, most talented team he's seen uh, in his career. So that, that's pretty cool. And then Maurice Canaday coming over from the Jets, HaHa Clinton-Dix from the Bears. And another cool one is they signed Greg zerline from the Rams. Um, <clears throat> and what's cool about that is their special teams coach, uh john fossil facile he has coached greg Zerline pretty much his whole career so they're going everywhere together you, he's i think he's going to edge out uh what's his uh kai Forbath. i think is the other kicker oh he steps uh,
2: in immediately he's the best yeah kicker i think I he's liked. gonna
3: edge him out i mean at least they have competition going into training camp there but um that 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 coach and Zerline have been together for almost their whole career, so I think that would be the, the, the kicker with him. They signed him to three years, too. Uh, and then Dontari Post, more defensive line depth, and yeah. uh, Alden Smith. Uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be one
2: right there.
3: Yeah, that's going to be – I can't wait to see how that pans out. And then I think, Jacob, you said before the show that he got reinstated.
2: Yep. He yeah, did get reinstated. Alden Smith yeah. has been reinstated. Now they're I'm, waiting for uh, Randy Gregory to get
3: reinstated. I, I think it's going to be – He's not going to come out week one, I don't think, and be this dominant force because he's going to have to get into real football shape. And, oh, yeah. and that, that yeah. goes beyond training camp. And I think, Hunter, you know, it. it's there's a difference in preseason games, training camp, and then going out and playing four quarters against another top guy in front of you. It, it takes 100%. a different no, another level of conditioning uh, to be effective. And I expect him to rotate this year a lot, too. Um, but that's the conversation for the roster talk and then uh salmon smith cornerback uh, from jacksonville daryl Worley, cornerback from jackson oh uh, not from jackson from uh, las vegas raiders uh seems like they're really trying to bulk up bringing in three three corners and then drafting two trying to beef up that secondary again create some competition in there and then gotta uh, got do something
2: to help out with that void look by Byron think, jones
3: i mean i think you fill it up with guys who want to compete you know hard workers and guys that have been pro mixed with some good rookies with some good talent uh you, you might be able to salvage something there as long as they can get pressure on the quarterback they be less pressure on those corners um, and then Andy Dalton I think is the the big big name that I actually had him written down last almost forgot him but he probably could be the biggest signing I mean if Dak walks that could be the biggest deal for them
2: so so the way I see the, uh, the Alden Smith signing now can we say this is going to be a huge ad and that he'll make an instant impact I don't think we can but I think this guy is just too big of a name and too big of a story not to late in the like year Late in the year, okay, really early I agree. I agree with that. Um, yeah, another guy, that late, late
0: depth, which is what you need in NFL because mm-hmm. teams spread it out and get it
2: all over the place. You got to have at least seven or eight D linemen. Yeah, you do. You do. Just the way the defenses are having to um, add guys and the type of guys they're looking for now shows you the direction NFL offenses are going. You, you want guys to be able to do everything at this point. Bo, a guy that I was surprised you left off was offensive tackle Cameron Irving coming from the Chiefs. This dude was a 2015 first-round pick. I think he started nine games for the Chiefs last season. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to provide excellent depth at the tackle spot for the Cowboys. they need. (laughs) Yeah, they absolutely need. Like I said, you've already mentioned, the Cowboys uh, added Legatron to the the team. So the guy literally has the strongest leg in the NFL, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Like you said, Gerald McCoy, man, the, the the weird thing with Gerald McCoy, but, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Gerald McCoy not long ago was a, the staple of the Buccaneers defense. He was a fan favorite, and I would say potentially the best defensive player on his team. He's a and, star in hard Dogs that season. That's what I'm saying. And now he's on his second team in two years. That shows you how fast things change in the NFL. Oh, yeah. yeah and then, like you said, ha-ha Clinton Dix. I think this guy comes in immediately and starts Start. next to Xavier Woods. Um, so I think that was good. He and he just came. It's kind of funny going to the Cowboys uh, from uh, um, the Bears because the Bears are in an awful situation with with Nagy and everything. And the, the Cowboys just got out of a terrible coaching situation. So hopefully he can uh, come in when the ship is righted with the team and uh, everything will work out. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the additions, Hunter? Who, who are the guys that you were excited about seeing that y'all signed?
0: Um, I like the. D linemen, because again, I mean, it gave us more depth up front. Um, can't have enough D linemen nowadays. I mean, you can do it. I mean, I think teams are running more two linebacker sets and then five DBs just because, like you said, the NFL offenses are getting a little more up-paced and taking more shots down the field. So you got to have more of those guys that can play multiple positions.
2: I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um Bo, do you have a favorite signing? Who is your favorite signing the Cowboys? Oh, oh
1: my my favorite arrival is definitely
2: Alden Smith. I can't wait to see how that pans out. Do you have a favorite one? I guess is yours Gerald McCoy, Hunter.
0: Yeah, I'd have to say McCoy right there at that three technique.
2: Okay, I like that. I'm gonna say my favorite ad is just just because of the drama I think it's gonna cause Andy Dahl. I think, it's gonna cause, I think it's going to cause drama. I just think it's going to be drama for no reason because I think Dak's a better quarterback and Dak deserves his money, but th- it's just going to be a story all season about oh, yeah. is Andy Dalton going to start when Dak has two bad games in a row? It, it's if just Dak gonna be-
1: throws three picks, going to be they're going to be all over him. That's hey, what yeah,
0: I'm I mean, saying. I mean, what's what's a Cowboys season without a little quarterback drama? You know what I mean? It's been, <laughs> been, it's been going on since they drafted Rumba. Yeah, Yeah,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Um, But let's go through the losses a little bit, because they had some big losses. The Cowboys had a a lot of big losses um, that have left the team. The major one, the guy we've got to talk about, is center Travis Frederick. Um, When you draft into your offensive lineman, you want them to turn out to be this guy. This guy was pretty much the epitome of consistent um unfortunately he was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome in 2018 which is something I'm actually pretty familiar with my great grandmother um dealt with the disease and battled with it. Some it is a really scary disease um I think it's unbelievable he still came back and started all 16 games last season which just shows what type of guy he is and what type of player he is um, but I you know he has decided to hang up the cleats. are you really upset about that loss hunter seeing that guy go yeah I
0: am I mean he was I mean when they drafted him he came right in and he was a pro Bowl his rookie year, and the year after that, I mean, he was just – you could count on him at center, and when he was hurt and not in there, you could tell that it affected the communication and chemistry of that group up front.
2: Yeah, you really and the good thing about the Cowboys is, see, see if, if any other team lost a guy like Travis Frederick, it would be horrible. But, see, the Cowboys do so much research and make sure their guys are ready to step up. Joe Looney is who at least I think is going to be the guy starting at center now. This guy's ready to roll. They always have guys that can come in and step in immediately after a guy has either gotten hurt or has retired. So so the Cowboys are definitely set up to where they can handle the loss of Frederick. Um, the other one, Bo, Byron Jones. This guy is now the highest-paid cornerback ever. Uh, he's a stud. He, you know, I know he's someone that the Cowboys hate to lose. Um, the only problem is, like we were just talking about, but what were we just talking about? The cap space, right? Yep. You don't have enough cap space to pay all these guys. At that time, when they were, when Byron Jones was either leaving or staying, it was either can you pay Byron Jones, can you pay Dak, and can you pay Amari, and they You're, can't. Yeah. You can't. You're
1: picking the quarterback at all times there. <laughs> You're just yeah. doing that, yeah. picking the quarterback.
2: Yeah, so I think that uh, obviously losing Byron Jones was hard, uh, but the biggest thing with Jones is not just the stats he put up, but he's so durable. A lot of cornerbacks, you see him getting hurt a whole lot, and he wasn't getting hurt. This guy, I think, missed two games in his um, his career with the Cowboys. So so that's huge. Jason Witten, huge fan favorite. I know, Hunter, you've got to be upset about Jason Witten leaving. It's so weird to me that I'm going to watch this guy play for the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you
1: think, do you think that tight end uh, position, uh, Hunter, is going to really take that big of a hit from Witten, or do you think that uh, Blake Jarwin and, and I guess, what is the other uh, Blake Bell, is that his name? Uh, the other tight end? If yeah, I think, think Jarvis gonna do
0: a good job stepping here. in. I mean, Witten was—I mean, I really didn't understand him coming back. I mean, love the guy, love this love what he did, but he's he's old and slow. And, I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't think it's gonna drop off too much. I mean, I'd like them to see a like them to sign a better one because I mean, if you look at it, the three receivers, one tight end set is the predominant formation, regardless of how they line up in the NFL. That's their base personnel
2: yeah yeah so I don't know how you know and me and Bo were talking about Blake Jarwin I don't know how much really as a fan of the Cowboys you expect the tight end to do because you got to think about it the last two years or so Jason Witten hasn't really done all that much they haven't used him in a way that you know he was obviously used to uh, back in the day being used but they just didn't use a lot of tight end. We'll see if now they have a younger guy in there, if they use tight end more. I don't know if they will or not. Bo was asking me, you know, did I really believe in Blake Jarwin? I think he can do the job. That's that's all I'm going to say about it. I don't think he's a guy that you're going to just heavily go to. I think he's going to be pretty job. much
1: like last year. I mean, just they have guys that, that are just doing the job. Nothing nothing really else spectacular.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the last guy I was just going to mention, guys, was Robert Quinn um quinn is getting up there in age but i think he had an awesome season last year he racked up 11 and a half sacks i'm pretty sure he had like 25 qb hits um and that's that those are just great numbers i know it's hard to watch this guy go but i will say it's got to be easier when you watch the team that's signing him overpay for him (laughs) yeah because they just did the bears overpaid for this dude bo he got like i I can't even it's something like uh, 50 million guaranteed for a guy that's in his age 30 season like no
1: hey more, more props to him for getting that deal done and his agent they both deserve a cookie for that one i'll tell you what but hey, you're right it's overpaid it's definitely overpaid he's uh he's had some good years but i think his best years are behind him i mean I, yeah
0: I, like, I mean i think he's gonna have a good year because they got khalil mack on the other side and you know he's gonna take at least two to three people every play yeah, I mean, you can't block that guy one-on-one. You're blocking one-on-one, somebody's getting hit, and it's not going to be pretty.
2: Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, but we also had some other newcomers come in, guys. Um, I, wanna, I want to uh, talk about the 2020 draft class a little bit. Um, now, will you? let me ask you this. Before we get into it, before you give us all a grade, just say yes or no. Hunter, were you happy with you draft? Yeah. You were happy. Okay. Yeah. So, let's go through the draft. In round one, you guys surprised everybody by selecting wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Um, yeah, I,
0: I like it because, I mean, it gives you two dynamic receivers with him and Cooper. And with two two dudes like that that can stretch the field, you're going to see two more two-high safety looks, and, they see, and McCarthy sees two-high safety. He's going to hand the football off to Zeke because they got numbers in the box. So, I mean, that's That's why I like to say, plus
2: the kid is a baller. Yeah, absolutely is. In round two, they took a guy that me and Bo were both high on coming out of Alabama, cornerback Trayvon Diggs. Um, And like Bo mentioned, they they went corner again later in this draft. In round three, they took a guy that I love, um, defensive lineman Neville Gallimore out of Oklahoma. I think he's a perfect fit with you guys. Round four, they took cornerback Reggie Robinson out of Tulsa. Round four, here comes another name, Bo, that's going to be – I don't think I'll mess this one up. <laughs> Round four, they took center Tyler Bayadaz. Did I mess it up, Bo? Tell me.
1: I think it's Bias B- does or something like that.
2: Okay. Well, e- either way, I, uh, I, was, Hunter, I was really happy Hunter, how that. do you say it? Do you know how to say it? I think it's Badiaz. Badiaz. Okay. Well, you're probably right. That sounds a lot better than what I said. Um, round and round, five y'all took Bradley and Nay. I'm gonna get to that guy in a minute, and I know Bo has something to say about that guy. <laughs> and, and then in round seven, y'all took Ben Danucci, a JMU guy. Come on, let's go, local boy. We got him going to the Cowboys. I, I know that's gotta be uh, pretty cool. Uh, but let me hear your grade on the draft, Hunter. What, what were your thoughts from an A to an F grade? What were your thoughts on the draft?
0: I mean, I gave him a B. I mean, just I mean, I really like those the two two fifth round picks with the center from Wisconsin. And the Anaya kid from Utah, I mean, if you look at the center, if you look at Badiah's resume, I mean, he started three years at center and Jonathan Taylor behind him for four. He was just a monster. And they know how to run the football. So I, I, I like that pick. I really like that pick. And then the kid, um, he played for four years for Utah. I mean, they were the top 15, top 20 team in the Pac-12. But I mean, the kid's just all over the field. So, I mean, I I loved those two late round picks. I feel like those two are going to develop and help down the line.
2: Well, I know Bo probably can't wait to talk about one of these guys, but I want to hear you talk about this draft class a little bit. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I loved it. I gave it an A minus.
1: Um, I just think it's packed full of talent. I think C.D. Lamb could be one of the best receivers. I'm not going to say it's 100% because you know, these guys haven't touched the field yet, but I think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers, probably the best wide receiver in this class uh, as a rookie. I mean, he's got a good situation to come in and produce with Amari Cooper and Gallup out there. Uh, it's its going to be really exciting. I expect tons of yak. I mean, things that, things that C.D. Lamb can do when there's – Three guys converging on him, you know, and, you know on defense, there's not many other guys, even in the NFL right now, that can that can make things happen like him. Uh, and then Trayvon Diggs is a beast uh, out of Bama. Uh, I expect him to come in and get a lot of snaps. Um, and then really like Neville Gallimore, uh, big combination of size and power and some speed, good burst off the line. Um, probably going to have to work on his hands a little bit, but I mean that comes in first few years in the league if you're if you're a coachable guy like him. Uh, and then, obviously, y'all touched on a center out of Wisconsin, Tyler uh, Bia Daz. I'm, I'm not even going to try and butcher that name again. And then I do love Bradley Anai. I kind of expect him to go a little higher. I thought he was the best pass rusher in the Pac-12 last year. He's a great combination of a high motor and good character and just an aggression, man. I mean, he's got it all going for him. Uh, I think he just got to put it together on a consistent basis as a pro. I uh, expect him to rotate in. Um, I don't know. I mean, I really, it's going to be weird. I don't know. I thought the Ben Denucci pick was kind of odd out of yeah, JMU in that. the late rounds.
2: Yeah, it is a weird pick, especially once, you know, now that Dalton's there too. It's a weird pick. They must have seen something they like with the guy. I think he can be a, a solid backup. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'll confess this right now. It's not a lot of guys that I don't watch tape on, and he is one of the guys I didn't watch. Um, so I, I'm going to go back probably after this podcast. I'll probably get on today and watch some some film on him. But um, so the way I saw this draft class, the Cowboys did an excellent job of addressing every everything um, that they lost. I so agree. let's think about. I, the, I mean, just an excellent job. I, I mean, I think they probably did out of any team that drafted. They 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 harped on everything they needed instead of just going for big name guys. They they went for what they needed. Uh, my grade for this class is an A. It's an A. Uh, let I me. Mean, let's just actually sit back and look at how the how well they actually drafted. Um, they drafted C.D. Lamb. One, when that happened, I was with Bo, Hunter. Bo mm-hmm. and myself lost our minds. We were like, "There's no way this just happened." Um, I can't remember. Bo, I think I had them taking the center Caesar Ruiz from Michigan. Do you remember yeah, you who did. you who did you have them taking with the first Shoot. pick? Do you remember?
1: Um, I think I got my mock right here. I know it's close by. Let's see. Uh, in the first round, yeah, the I first had, round. I had them taking uh, Epinesa, I believe. That's what okay. it says right okay. here. Yeah. Well, like I
2: said, C.D. Lamb, I think they did that for two reasons. One, look at how the NFL is going nowadays, Hunter. Everybody's yeah. making sure that offense is potent. You want to outscore teams. It's not about defending the teams anymore. You want to just outscore them. That's why the Chiefs didn't have to have an elite defense because it doesn't matter how many points you put up because they'll put up more. It, that, that's what it comes down to. The now the Cowboys are starting to follow suit with that. Let, let's actually think about this. The Cowboys and I, I'm going to say this, Bo. You can tell me this is a hot take, Hunter. You can tell me the same thing. I'm open, <laughs> open to people telling me I am crazy. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If C.D. Lamb comes out and is anything or anywhere as good to where we thought, to what we think he's going to be, Bo and Hunter, the Cowboys will have the best wide receiver core in the NFL because Michael Gallup. Is one of the, le- the um, least talked about back. I mean, uh, second uh, wide receivers, a wide receiver two on the on the team in the NFL. This guy had 1,100 yards last year and eight touchdowns. Yeah, Michael, Gallup, Michael Gallup is so he had, good.
0: He's got a couple drops here and there. He's just got to stir up those hands. But I mean, yeah, I mean he was a he was a pretty good one as a number two to Amari.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have, you have a guy like Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. Also, just to add on top of it, C.D. Lamb just picked to win number 88, just like Michael Irvin, just like Drew Pearson, just like Dez Bryant. I mean, come on, man. That's awesome that, that C.D. Lamb's trying to follow in their footsteps. But like I said, I think they're going to have the best wide receiver core in the NFL, uh, the most talented as well. They lost Byron Jones. So they, they go out and they select an absolute dog in Trayvon Diggs. This guy plays with great physicality, has has good length. Um, like I said, Bo and I were both big fans of Diggs coming out of Alabama. They added an awesome player in Oklahoma defensive tackle, Neville Gallimore. This guy has freakish athleticism for his size. You saw how well he t- he tested at the combine, Bo. Um, he can help out rushing the passer or stopping the run. They lost Travis Frederick. So they go out and they add an experienced center from uh, the offensive line factory, Wisconsin, and Tyler Viadaz, Biedaz, no matter what his name, I don't have to get his name right. He's still going to be good. Um, I think he has great potential. He's going to provide great depth. I think he can already push out to guard as well to help out depth there, too. Um, and also, they quite possibly may have gotten the best, the the biggest steal. Would you say it? it, it Bradley and I was a top five steal in the draft, bro? Uh,
1: Yeah, I, I would. I mean, I think that. I expected him to go around or two earlier, and I mean, it just what what you're going to be able to develop out of that guy, I think, is going to be pretty awesome. I I see him being a big a big contributor over the next few years, and and I'm not surprised he fell there. I guess because he's a Pac-12 pass rusher, and I think some Pac-12 guys get just don't get enough love sometimes. Um, but I, I think he's going to be a playmaker at the next level. I mean, he, he's got he's got that NFL motor where where throughout the game he's going to keep coming at you really hard, and I and I really like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no reason, there's absolutely no reason this guy should have been around it, the 179th pick. This guy should have been off the board. I'd say, like you said, two rounds earlier. Um, yeah, I think people just, they, they look at size too dang much. I mean, they do, they do. You're exactly in right. That, and
0: and as a, as a former high school college athlete, I mean, you can't judge everything by a kid's size. I think that's where they looked at on a nine. But, I mean, I think, that's going to give him a little that little extra motivation, a little chip he needs to become a good NFL player.
2: Yeah, I, that's what I believe too. And like I said, the Cowboys just addressing things that they've lost. They lost uh, Robert Quinn, so they just went out and got his repl- what I believe will be his replacement all the way in the fifth round. Unbelievable value. Yeah. So, so if there's a what was your favorite pick, Hunter, as a Cowboys fan, what was your favorite pick that they had?
0: I mean, I'd have to go with, with uh, the first round with C.D. Lamb. I mean, I'm an offensive guy. I want to score all the damn time. Um, I hope they put him in the return game. But him kept oh, the punt with nobody within 10 yards of him, he's got a chance to make something special happen. Oh, no, yeah. That's a, that's a cheap touchdown during a game that you don't expect that may give you that
2: extra momentum. Bo, what's your favorite pick, man? Let me hear it. i hate
1: to repeat it but i was gonna say the same thing i mean i just i hope they really mix it up with cd lamb i mean he could do a lot of things his speed can just open up so many doors and it's just just such as everything's about speed now the 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 idea of just power football is kind of going away and i just see cd lamb is like the prototype for what 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 you're going to see coming into the league over the next few years and i I think it's going to be super exciting. I just don't think there is a guy in the class that I can say is going to have more upside or be more talented no matter the value that they got on them. I think CD Lamb is something special.
2: But, guys, I think that the, the draft they had, like I said, and Hunter, you agree with me, I think they, they addressed everything that they really needed to. I don't think they went out. The only thing they didn't really address, it's not wasn't really a need, was they grabbed CD Lamb. And like I said – they get one reason, they're trying to keep up with NFL offenses nowadays. The second reason is you just allow – because the Eagles picked next. They would to take C.D. Lamb. So you also just took a guy that – um, because we all know the Eagles need receivers. They were going to draft that guy. The Cowboys just took him, you know, just for spite. You know, we're not going to let you get this guy. We're actually going to add him to our team. So hopefully we can, we can kick your ass next year. So – um, I think I, th- I just I just love the Cowboys draft. I think Jerry Jones did a great job. It was also awesome. Jerry Jones was drafting from his mega yacht, uh, from God knows where. So I, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I
0: was just happy Jerry didn't mess the draft up like he normally does. Normally, oh yeah, normally he'll throw a pick out there, and you're just like, "What in the hell are you thinking, man?" I mean, yeah. it, it seems like it happens every year, but I mean this year, I mean I, I, mean, I agree with you guys. They hit it right on the head. You got something missing. Find
2: somebody to fill it. Yeah, I loved what they did this year. And, you know, I, I do, I would, let me see, what, what do you think, bro? How much of the decision making do you think Mike McCarthy was making, seeing as he I, just shared?
1: I, I, I was just about to mention, like, I mean, maybe Jerry, like, let the reins go a little bit and let Mike, you know, bring some guys in. I, I think Jason Garrett lasted as long as he did, partially because of the control Jerry Jones had over the team. And I think he's kind of seeing, maybe seeing that uh, that might not be the best move, and to let the coaches coach, and that's what they're there for, you know. So I wouldn't say that he had, you know, just a crazy hand in the picks, but I, I definitely think that he let his coaches weigh in a little more and let the draft kind of come to him a little more.
2: Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. And like you just said, but if okay, I, I can. Have, I'll put it to you this way: if if Jerry Jones wasn't the owner of that team, Jason Garrett would have been there maybe tops three to four years. Yeah, yeah there's true. no way. You don't keep a guy that screws up that many times. No other NFL team would have put up with that. Just put it to you that way. Jerry Jones is just a guy who plays a lot of favoritism. And I think what would have irritated me, and probably irritated you too, Hunter, as a Cowboys fan, was you know they would ask him about Jason Garrett's future, and he'd say, you know Jason Garrett's the guy for the Cowboys job. And just everyone knows it's a lie. It's just not true. Like he's not performing well enough to keep the head coaching job. But it's like Jerry Jones thought of him as his first son.
0: I think he had something on somebody.
2: That's <laughs> what. Yeah, he probably did have something on somebody. Like yeah, he had, probably had some inside information. Jerry Jones is like, well, we can't let this get out there. We got to keep this guy a job. Yeah, I mean, but I think that
0: that's what. That's what. That's what a lot. I mean, it came. A lot of Cowboys fans kind of said that laughingly, but we were also had a little bit of seriousness with us with it too just cuz you never know
2: is uh and now I guess can we all say this Jerry Jones will be in the Hall of Fame can we yeah. go ahead and say that Do you agree with that bro uh
1: probably yeah i mean how many owners are in the Hall of Fame
2: uh I know there's okay.
1: GMs in it but i don't know about owners
2: uh i don't know how many owners are in the uh Hall of Fame Jerry Jones would definitely i think will be just because of how long his tenure is and obviously, stunned, I mean. and obviously, yeah, when he showed up, he brought the Cowboys back. I mean, that, that's just what he did. And to be completely honest, yeah, the Cowboys have a losing season here and there, but the Cowboys are, are a competitive team every year, every year. And, and that's that's hard to do in the NFL. It really is. So Jerry Jones deserves a lot of credit, even though we think he can be an absolute imbecile um, a lot of the time. Uh, at least I do. And like Hunter said, with his drafting especially. Uh, but, Hunter, I want to look at the the entire team as a whole. I want to go through the offensive depth chart. So I'm going to list out the basically what the offense is probably going to look like heading into 2020 and see how you feel about it, okay? So now right. I will break it down a little bit. So let's look at the t- projected 2020 offensive depth chart for the Dallas Cowboys. Offense at quarterback, there's no one else other than Dak Prescott. Obviously, rumors are swirling. He, he was offered a five-year $175 million deal. Uh, we don't know whether that's true or not. Running back, you got Ezekiel Elliott, wide receiver Amari Cooper, wide receiver Michael Gallup, um, who, like I said, had 66 receptions, 1,100 yards, and excuse me, six touchdowns last year. And then you just take CD Lamb. Uh, now, I just mentioned those three guys: Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, both had over 1,100 yards receiving last year. Bo, what is the chance that the Cowboys have three wide receivers with a thousand yards? Zero. It's not going to be that much. Again. I don't. It's,
1: it's just no way. I mean, has that ever been done?
2: Oh, I'm sure it's been done.
1: I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think so. Someone's going to be the odd man out without a thousand yards. I mean, look, look, I, let me ask I just you just this: Who's the odd, odd
2: man out? Is it C.D. Lamb because he's a rookie, or do you think? I, I don't see. I, I can't pick an odd man out. That there's. I think. It my,
0: I think it might be C.D. Lamb because he might get a few more jet sweep type stuff. Yeah um that'll take that'll add to his jars that technically are a run play
2: yeah i, I agree with that i just think when it comes to talent I, I don't think there's any receiving core that has more talent than they do right now i, I just i just think, and all of those guys you think about gallup cooper and Ceedee lamb they're all big-bodied guys they're big-bodied guys that play with great speed we all know how good of a of a you know the release that amari cooper has but i know hunter you do too his get-off off the line is absolutely absurd. His route running when he was coming out of Alabama was a big thing that people loved about him. Michael Gallup goes up high points the ball really well. He goes, He's well in contested catches. And then C.D. Lamb, just him after the catch, that's what made him uh, such a big name in the draft, and that's what made him so good is what he can do after the catch. Uh, but obviously moving on to tight end, Blake Jarwin, the guy that a lot of people are going to be talking about this year because this guy's got to come in fill the 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 void that it was left by dallas legend jason witten um like i said i don't know how that's going to play out bo you have your thoughts on it i think we're all kind of the same we don't really know what's going to happen we're just kind of waiting to see with that but here's where i really want you to talk hunter let's talk about this offensive line uh something that is your specialty um at left tackle i have tyron smith left guard connor williams who i loved coming out of texas um Center Joe Looney, right guard Zach Martin, and right tackle La- Lael Collins. Uh, what do you think about the offensive line, man? I
0: mean, if they can stay healthy, I know uh, Smith is getting up there in age, but, I mean, if those guys can stay healthy, I mean, that's, an, that's a mean front right there. And then you got the Bedias kid coming from Wisconsin, that actually, and then the other guy they picked up in the free agency. I mean, it's got – It's got the chance to be pretty good, like they were a couple years ago when they had Martin and Frederick in the middle, Um, and they they had three pro ball guys. I mean, I think they got the shot, they got the chance to uh, be pretty good, especially if teams throw more too high safety look, they'll be able to gain more advantage running the ball, and it'll make them just look that much better.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Bo, do you think Cowboys still have the best uh, line in the NFL?
1: Uh, yeah, I would say they do. I mean, four out of five being as good as they are with, with Smith, Connor Williams, Martin and Lyle Collins. It's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty good four. you know what I mean? And then to be having to pick between Joe Looney, Connor McGovern, and then this, the new kid from Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, uh, BSD is, uh, <laughs> I mean that's a good what however you say his name. Uh, that's a good it's good competition even if Looney isn't the clear cut winner. And I mean in, in injuries could change that center position. I mean one guy could come in and play way better than Looney if Looney sprains his ankle and then all of a sudden you got a new center. So I think it's going to be a little a little bit of a competition there. I bet you see a lot of rotating at center in training camp for the for the Cowboys and I'm sure people will make something out of it. Uh, the the media will make something out of it down there. They make everything out of nothing uh, in and. Dallas, it's the you know the biggest media team in the in the league. So um, I think there's gonna be a little competition there, but I, I would still say that with those four locked in starters, it's probably the most talented line in the league still.
2: Okay, I agree, with you.
1: I yeah, agree with
0: you. It helps when you got a pretty good running back behind you as well, and they make you look a little better from time to time. Oh my mean, God. and a and a, mo,
1: and a good quarterback that knows when to get rid of the football when he rolls out.
2: I think I think what's what's so cool about the well, well, yeah, like you said with the good running back, if you go and look up Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel Elliott highlights, half of the highlights are just watching the offensive line, just all
1: people. <laughs> M- I mean, Massive polls.
2: Oh, it's unbelievable. and You know, a lot of people have given Ezekiel Elliott a lot of flack for that. Like, you know, if you play behind any other the than of the Dallas line, you wouldn't be that good. But I, I don't – I think – I'm a big fan of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I, I question some of the decisions he makes off the field. But yeah. I, I, um, I think on the field – this guy's an unbelievable uh, athlete, and I, I told Bo, and me and Bo have gone at it a couple times about this, uh, I told Bo that I don't think there's any team in the NFL that has a possibly a top 15 quarterback, a top three running back, and possibly a top 15 wide receiver too, And uh, which me and Bo, who is your argument? Uh, the Saints, right, The Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. With Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees, which is a good, good uh, competition for for the Dak Prescott, Ezekiel and Amari Cooper. But um, I just think that the Cowboys on offense have so much. Okay, you, you already We just already went over the offensive line, but then you go over the wide receiver they just added to already an unbelievable wide receiver core. You have, like I said, a top three running back in the NFL, and you got a guy, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescotts don't grow on trees. That's what I I tell people when I say this guy should get his money. They don't grow on trees. I understand that, you know, there are are some quarterbacks out there that may have had better years than him last year or sometimes make better decisions. But Dak Prescott, that's a guy that a lot of teams would love to have, and he could walk into a lot of teams' roster and be the starter immediately. So I I do think that the the Cowboys' offense is a lot of fun. But I'm going to be honest with both of you. I think the defense is what has me most excited this year. I'm back in crew, man. Yeah, oh, when I was doing – okay, now I will have to say this. We just had the Steelers episode with Bo. We all know how big of a fan of the Steelers Bo is. Oh. I did. I told Bo that the the Steelers have the best linebacking core in the NFL, and I still stand by that. I don't think there's any linebacker core that uh, can beat the Steelers. But the Cowboys may have the second best. Because when I was going through it last night, I, I, I was just amazed at the guys they have. So let's go through this defense a little bit. Um, defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence. This man just got absolutely paid. They brought in the Brink's truck, though. They brought it in. They backed it up to his house. and They unloaded on his front steps. Um, defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy. We all know who Gerald McCoy is. Defensive tackle, Don Terry Poe. This guy is just a, a, a body, a body eater. Don Terry Poe is massive. Uh, Going to help out in the run game a lot. Um, defensive end, Tyrone Crawford. That's a, that's a great front four right there. Then your will linebacker, Leighton Vander Esch. This guy has been an absolute animal out of Boise State ever since he stepped in the NFL. And the big name at linebacker, the Mike linebacker, Jalen Smith, the guy who went through an unbelievable knee injury in college and has come out to still be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And then, of course, the old head of the group, Sean Lee, at the Sam Sam linebacker position. Like you said, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on your linebackers, uh, Hunter? I got to hear it, man. I know you're already hyped up about him.
0: I'm just hoping Sam Lee can stay healthy. I mean, he's dealt with injuries each year, and that's I'm guessing – I'm assuming that's why they signed into a one-year deal. But, I mean, if those three can stay healthy, I mean, that's three – I mean, Ash is all over the field. Um, and you got to be with the way um, offenses are playing – and then you got Devin Smith in the middle handling things. So, I mean, I like those three right there across the middle.
2: Bo, let me ask you this. This is just a, i want to see where you go on this because I don't really know. So, uh, basically, anybody that's listening, anytime that I'm unsure of something, I ask Bo to see where he stands on it, and it helps me figure out my <laughs> side of it half the time. So, uh, Bo, Sean Lee, where does he rank among the Dallas greats in your mind? Uh, linebacker? I
1: yeah. mean, you're just period –
2: Dude, just I a mean,
1: period. I think, I mean, in this in this generation, I think pretty high. I'd say that he's their best overall linebacker, I guess, other than Demarcus like Ware in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, twenty years, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Hunter, what what are your thoughts? You you've been a Cowboys fan and you know you watch him for a long time. What are your thoughts on Sean Lee? I agree.
0: I mean, he's been the guy in the middle for last handful of years and then when I mean, you had DeMarcus Ware who was an absolute monster all coming off the
2: edge uh, when they were in a 3-4. I just remember DeMarcus Ware. I remember DeMarcus Ware, everyone who watches football just remembers how much of a stud that guy was. But I just remember when he, when he left Dallas and he went to the Broncos that season. You remember that, Bo? Oh, uh, yeah. And he went to the Broncos. That's the year they won the Super Bowl. And I just remember him being such a monster still at like 32 years. I oh, know he was older than that, actually, I think. But he was still such a monster that I think I think what shows me a player is great is when they, they're still up there like 35 or 36, which is why I'm a huge fan of Frank Gore, right? Frank Gore apparently just doesn't age. The number changes, but he just doesn't change. And I always love seeing older guys be able to keep – Doing the same thing they've been doing and keep outplaying younger guys, and that that's what made Demarcus Ware really was really special to me. Um, but like like y'all said, Sean Lee, the only unfortunate thing with him is the injuries he's gone through. I think you know he would be even better if he could stay on the field all the time. And like you said, Hunter, that's got to be why they signed him to a one-year deal. They're worried about whether he's durable enough to keep playing. Um, but I think you you have guys like Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith. The young guys that are the next up-and-coming stars, or you can already say they might already be stars, it's great to have a guy like that and Sean Lee that can teach them the ropes for another year. I oh, think man. I think that's huge. Um, but let's go back to the secondary a little bit. The secondary, I would say, is probably where the biggest weakness is, but it's not that big of a weakness. I mean, if this is a weakness, it's good to have one that looks like this. Um, cornerback, Chidobe woozy um, Strong safety, HaHa Clinton-Dix uh free safety xavier woods and other cornerback and, and at least this is me projecting this bro you see trayvon i have trayvon Diggs starting immediately do you have would you have yes. the same? yes yes okay um the secondary what's your, what were your thoughts on the secondary last year hunter i mean how do you feel about going into this year I, mean, I,
0: I feel like going into this year a little better than last year last year there was inconsistencies at time but i mean once these guys get used to playing with each other and Diggs getting some experience under his belt i think they're going to be a uh it be a good secondary because you got a lot of experience coming with with clinton Dix. he's been in the nfl a handful of years with the packers and the bears and that's a guy that likes to hit and bring the pain and
2: i'm all for it out on defense i love it i love it well guys we've heard what the roster looks like so, so what are your what are your thoughts as a whole on the roster hunter i mean how confident do you feel in your team heading into 2020 I mean, heading into twenty twenty, I feel like we I mean
0: we should with on paper we should be at the top of the division. That's I one
2: hundred percent okay. I'll, I'll go out and say this right now, one hundred percent without a doubt in my mind. The and it, and it shouldn't even be close. Dallas Cowboys are the most talented um team in that division and i don't even think it's close i really don't think it's close at all second would be the eagles and i, I just i think it's miles apart i think the cowboys are so much more talented than any team in that division would you agree with that bow would you disagree
1: no i agree with you i, I, I mean i think that it, it's a loaded roster I mean if you look at it, there's playmakers just about everywhere. You know, I think cornerback is where we're gonna have to see some see some guys step up and you know and make plays and prove themselves. But I don't think you overall have a lot of a lot of position groups in this team that are like have to come in with a chip on their shoulder and prove that they can compete with last year's group.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so guys, let's give our twenty twenty record predictions. Bo, I'm gonna let you go first because on the Steelers episode, I went first. So I want okay. you to go first this time around. Give me what, what's your record prediction for 2020 for the Cowboys, and where do they where do they land in their division rankings?
1: I got them uh, at I'm not sure how many games. I think the other the best other team in the division is the uh, Eagles, and I have the Cowboys going ten and six, and I have them. In winning the division, but, I mean, if the Eagles somehow win 12 or 13 games, they could come in second and make a wild card. But I got them at 10-6 with losses to Seattle, one loss with Philly. Uh, I have them losing to Pittsburgh. Sorry, Carnes. Yeah. And then uh, I have San Fran as a loss, Minnesota and Baltimore as losses, and that's the six. And wins against the Rams, the Falcons, the Browns, the Giants, the Eagles yeah. once. The Cardinals beating the the Skins twice, beating the, obviously the Giants twice, and then uh, beating Cincinnati. Sorry, Jacob, and then beating the Brown. Uh, yeah, the Browns already said so. Yeah, those ten teams will be wins.
2: Bo, you don't have to say sorry to me, man. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say sorry to you this year when the Bengals beat y'all twice. <laughs> yeah, right. So don't worry, I'll get him back for you, Hunter. Um, yeah, Bo, I have them actually going eleven and five. I think they're going to come out and play really well under Mike McCarthy. I have them losing in the conference championship. Really? Yeah. I have them making a run this year.
1: Bold predictions.
2: Yeah. Bold predictions. It's, it's the podcast of hot takes, Hunter. I'm glad you're here to hear
1: it. Uh,
2: yeah, no, I have them. I have them having a good run this year. I just think there's too much talent. And I think this coaching change is really what they needed. Um, but like I said, eleven and five, losing in the conference championship. Uh, Hunter, what are your thoughts, man? How, how do you feel about your team? I gotta hear it.
0: Um, I gotta I gotta agree with you. Um, eleven and five. I mean, they've got a they've got a, a handful of tough teams on there. Um, but I mean, I've got them winning the division. I can't stand the Philly and Redskins fans. So, I mean, I hope those those two those four games are must wins for Cowboys fans. Um, Just on their sole fan base alone, uh, those people I can't stand.
2: Uh, You know, you know what's hilarious about that is I think I've always, you know, that's that's a good thing you say that I've always wondered who Cowboys fans think are the worst fans because normally, universally, Cowboy fans are the worst fans to everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. So then, it's always nice to hear what do the Cowboys fans think are bad, and I will say, Eagles fans can be brutal. Sorry, Jake, but they can be absolutely brutal. You, you've heard the stories, though, about players like the time the uh, the Eli Manning went up and played in Philadelphia, and he said he thought a kid wanted to high-five him, but instead he walked up and the six-year-old flipped him off.
1: Oh God, no, I yeah. didn't hear that. That's I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah, the,
2: the Eagles the fans are brutal.
0: Eagle fans are kind of rough, but I mean, around here, I mean, I work with a bunch of Redskins fans and. That's why that's where that kind of comes in because I really don't want to hear them talk a lot of trash to me at work.
2: Oh yeah, man, it's it's hilarious watching a Redskins fan a Dallas fan go at it. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, but it, you know, it's kind of it kind of sucks too. And you are sorry to all the Redskins fans right now, but the Dallas team is just better right now. And you know, they they normally are the better team. Um, and you know, I'm probably gonna catch a whole lot of flack from that once we have our Redskins fan episode. <laughs> but uh, it's just a, it's just true, but it, you know I, I'll say this: Redskins fans are loyal, and Dallas fans are loyal too. So you know, um, and then of course me, I'm the only Bengals fan that I pretty much know. So you know, I would love to meet another one. See, you get to be around all all these fans, these Cowboys fans, Hunter. I've never met another one like me. So um, <laughs> hopefully, I will at some point though. Um, now, another question about the offensive line, Hunter: How do you feel as an offensive line coach? Um, do you watch film on the like on offensive lines in the NFL? I really wanted to ask you this. Do you watch film or college film on offensive linemen? I mean, is that something you do? I mean, what, what do you do like in your spare time when you're doing something with football?
0: Um, Well, when I watch the games, I usually watch the offensive line. I know most people watch the quarterback of the football. I watch the O-line. I mean, I'm always trying to pick up different types of blocks, different types of schemes. I'm always learning. Um. And anytime I can get my hands on film, I do. I mean, we've got a great relationship with the uh, the guys at Carolina, um, the guys at State, so they're always willing to send us some film, some cut ups. We've gone down there and Elon and gotten some stuff. So I mean, any chance I get to pick up one little drill, one little thing, I'm always for it.
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask you, man. I was gonna I was gonna say, you know, div- different uh, different position coaches. I feel like whenever they watch NFL they're watching the position they coach more than anything else. And I guess you just kind of uh, reasserted that, that you watch the offensive line. That's what you enjoy watching. Um, so, so like you said, you know, I was going to ask you pretty much your outlook for the Cowboys offensive line, but you've kind of already told me. You said that they can stay healthy and uh, they can keep good depth, that they're going to be good for, for a long while. It, was, is that correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got that group stays healthy with the additions they brought in. I mean, it's going to be a fun year of, Moving the ball and giving Dak some time to get it as playmakers on the outside.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, here we go. I want to hear the top five cowboys ever in both of your opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Bo, do I go first this time? You go first, Hunter. Do you want to go first? It's it's uh, we can do this either we'll way. See.
1: We let the guests go
2: first last time. Let's, let's hear his. Okay, well, Hunter. Let's hear the uh, the top five cowboys ever in your opinion.
0: Um, I mean, you got to go with the. The three, the three from the nineties: Aikman, Emmitt, and Urban. I mean,
2: I love it. I'm
0: I'm an offensive guy. I mean, then I'd have to say there's six because you got Roy Williams at safety, DeMarcus Ware. Then I then the then Frederick's. I mean, I got to throw him in there. He's I mean, he wore seventy two. I wore seventy two, and he was a he was a badass on the offensive
2: line. So I mean, that's why I had to throw him in there. Most people don't give us very much credit. So who is the best Cowboy of all time? You're having to pick from some of the guys you just said. You said this guy represents the Cowboys all time. Which one are you picking?
0: I'd probably have to go Eggman. I mean, that's just in my opinion.
2: I like it. I like it. It's never bad to have a quarterback represent your team. Bo, you want to go ahead? Tell me yours.
1: I'll go ahead. Um, Mine's a little more – mine's a little different than his. I mean, you see a lot when people we bring fans on, they usually pick guys that they probably saw a lot more in their lifetime and stuff too. Um, Me not being a Cowboys fan, I kind of went with some – uh, statistical greats that I just kind of that you know I was doing doing some digging I just that I thought were I mean some of them you'll know are obvious but uh, number five I have Randy White a linebacker from the seventies seven time All Pro and a Super Bowl co MVP super hard for linebackers to get the Super Bowl MVP and for him to do it back then is he had to have a heck of a game and then uh, Larry Allen uh, is probably one of my favorite offensive linemen to watch clips of That's a one, weight man. weightlifting clips uh, just. You know, we talked last week about how uh, the Steelers' fifth-round pick used to tell people in college where the ball was going and still beat them, and the, you know, still have a successful run. David Larry, yeah, Larry Allen actually used to do that in the NFL. He would tell other NFL defensive lineman, where the ball was going, where Emmett Smith was running, and they would just do it. And, like, it was nothing. And to be probably, well, probably the most feared guard of all time. I mean, he was just the, probably the strongest player to ever play in the NFL. Uh, I mean, just watching clips of him bench press is just something is, is insane. Uh, he probably would have been a world's strongest man competitor if he wasn't an NFL player. Okay. And then uh, Troy Aikman is my number three uh, for all the same reasons uh, Hunter was saying. Just a Hall of Famer, uh, lead all-time leader in completions and wins for them still. Um, it's just a no-brainer for Aikman, three Super Bowls. Emmitt Smith, same thing, no-brainer, number two, all-time leading rusher uh, in the NFL, three Super Bowls, just accolades on accolades, um, and a great guy on top of it all. Uh, and then number one, I kind of went just for the classic Roger Starbuck. Let's uh, Starbuck. go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, uh, to go to the military for five, four four years, 65 to 69, and come back and work your way as into as a starter and then come out and retire as a leader in yards and TDs, plus – Still, the most quarterback rush yards in Dallas and quarterback rushing TDs in Dallas. And to still be leading in that in the modern game is pretty impressive. I think Rogers, Rogers, one of the guys that, you know, if he could come back and be 27 years old again and get a shot on the NFL roster, you might be able to teach him to play shotgun and him be able to make some things happen. And, you know, I, I had to thumb up there. I mean, he's just, he was a, a star back then, the best to ever do it back then. And I still think he's a staple of the organization.
2: I love it, man. So I'm, I'm going to go 5 4 3 2 1 in my list. Number five, like you said, Bo, Larry Allen. And I'm going to say, Hunter, I'm surprised you didn't have Larry Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought I was like, this guy was like, you know, when I was looking at it last night and picking my guys, I was like, you know, Hunter's, Hunter is an offensive line coach. I mean, Larry Allen might be his number one guy, you know. But, um, like I said, Bo, and like you just said, unbelievable offensive lineman. He played guard. He was a six time all pro. Um, The way I see it, you have to have an offensive lineman on the top five list for Dallas because when you think Dallas, you think offensive line. So you've got to have this guy in there. And this dude would absolutely maul you up front. Um, Number three for me, I mean, number uh, four for me is Randy White, seven-time All-Pro, had over 1,000 tackles and 110 sacks in his career at the Cowboys. Like you said, Bo, Hmm. co-MVP in the Super Bowl, that's that's hard to do for a linebacker. I mean, it really, really is. So that just shows how great he was. Um, Number three, Troy Aikman three Super Bowls, six Pro Bowls, ranked second in passing yards and touchdowns in Dallas history. Um, And we all just know how good Troy Aikman was. Um, And he's just still a dude that's all around the NFL still today. So um, obviously he's number three for me. Number two, this may surprise you, bro. Roger Staubach comes in number two for me. Um, But like you said, this dude was a beast. Joined the Cowboys after serving in the Navy. That's absolutely absurd and then became a starter two years after joining the team. Um, he at one time held franchise records for passing yards and passing touchdowns. Obviously, those were broken by Aikman. Um, but this guy's also still the leader in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns in Dallas history. Like Bo said, that's that's crazy he still has those stats. It, it really, really is. So, Or at least still has those records, let me say that. Uh, but Roger Staubach, I think, Bo, I think I surprised you in one of our earlier podcasts when I said Roger Staubach was a top five quarterback all time for me. I just love Staubach's game and I just, just the guy he was, too. It, it's just I, I just love Absolutely. that guy a lot. Um, number one for me, I don't think, in my opinion— um i'm not saying i'm right but in my opinion i don't think there is anyone else other than emmett smith that's the best cowboy of all time um a lot of that's just because this guy is the nfl all-time leader in rushing yards by a wide margin like Ladainian tomlinson just said that record will never be broken i don't know if that's completely true but we all see how great ap is and he's not even close to it so um i don't i don't know how long i don't know if if that will be broken. I don't think I mean,
1: they value the running back enough to break it anymore. They
2: probably don't. You're exactly right. They, they don't they don't run these guys constantly anymore to break something no, like definitely
1: that. Definitely not for 20 years.
2: And for a guy like LT to say that, a guy that was – we all know how great ladanian Tomlinson was. And for him to say it'll never be broken, that, that just adds more to it. But also, this dude had 25 touchdowns in one season as well it's absolutely absurd one two three Super Bowls. two i mean come on that, that's my number one cowboy all time and uh, i'm sorry hunter just missed the list michael irvin just missed my top five it was hard though. it was hard to keep michael irvin out of there um I, i'm so i'm glad that you mentioned him um but let me i want to ask you this hunter just in your personal you know you watching the cowboys and growing up watching them who you know who were the players that really you know stood out to you, and made made you an even bigger Cowboys fan? I mean, you know, was it some of the guys you just mentioned? I mean, who were the guys that really, really took you away as a kid?
0: Yeah, I'd have to say it was the guys you mentioned because, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I was born late 80s, so, I mean, I grew up watching all the way through the 90s. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, those are the guys that I watched for the longest time until they, uh, until they retired and left.
2: See, it's upsetting. It's upsetting because you're older than Bo and I, and yeah, uh, and uh, you know you got to see some guys that we didn't even get to really grow up watching, you know. So um, I, I think it's pretty cool, you know. And the older you are, I I wish I, you know, sometimes I wish I was older because I could have watched Emmett, I could have watched Urban, um, and you know, even also awesome to watch like Starback and them too. So you know, uh, obviously we have some great players playing nowadays that you know I'll be talking about for a long time, but. Uh, i do wish i could have seen some of these older guys now we do this every time hunter so you have to answer three questions for tsr and these are three questions that Bo did not prepare you for because i told <laughs> you not prepare them for them but i want these off the top of the head okay right. who is your sleeper team this upcoming season in the nfl sleeper team mm, man that's a good one um Who's the team that excites you? Who Who's the team that you think you know? People aren't giving these guys a lot of credit, but I think they could do something.
0: I mean, I th- I, I got to go with the Dolphins, man. I like Tua. I think it's going to take him a couple games where he gets thrown in there, but I mean, that kid's a that kid's a baller. I mean, you look at Alabama. You look at the injuries, but the injuries he took, he was trying to better a play. I mean, what these weren't these were freak injuries, but. It's not like he was doing it more. He was trying to better the place. I mean, I think he's gonna he's gonna do pretty good next year. And they I mean they had a boatload of picks. Uh, so I think it's gonna be interesting to see what the Dolphins do.
2: Bro, I believe if I'm not mistaken, that is our second fan who has picked the Dolphins. Yep. Well, I'm it's surprised. really it is. Who is your MVP pick for this upcoming season, Hunter? M
0: mm. V P that's I mean, I, I mean, I can't take nothing away from what they're doing in KC. I mean, I'm gonna have to go with Mahomes as long as they keep doing the same thing. He's
2: still gonna light
0: it up for as long as he's gonna be there.
2: I love that, and surprisingly, I think that's the first fan that's picked Mahomes. <laughs> Am I wrong, Bo? Is I think pick- so.
1: Yeah.
2: I think most. I'll, I'll tell you who mine mine is. Uh, I think who is yours, Bo? Yours is is yours Lamar?
1: Who was yours? Lamar I think no, mine might have been uh Patrick Mahomes because you picked Russell Wilson. Yeah,
2: you're right. I and, picked Russell. Um,
1: Wilson. Because Lamar won it this year, yeah, and I think I think I picked Mahomes. And then yeah. you picked Russell. And then I think
2: We've um, had three pick Russell.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Three people um, picked Russell.
2: And, um also I think it's ridiculous that he hasn't had M V P Russell Wilson, but we'll save that for another day. Um also who will be in the Super Bowl hunter and who wins it?
0: Hmm. I mean, I'm, I I I like I'm an offensive guy, so I'm gonna go with uh, Baltimore, um, Baltimore Chiefs. Right? They're they're in the opposite divisions, aren't they? Yeah,
1: they're in the, they both in the AFC.
0: Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um,
1: so you're picking that's, Baltimore. That's definitely the conference playoff game. Yeah, yeah ba-
2: Baltimore. Are you picking game. Baltimore or Kansas City coming out of the AFC? Uh
0: I'll probably go Kansas City again. Just I mean, just so what they've been doing. I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody stopping them from what they're doing. So um, I'm saying, it, the NFC side. I mean, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a toss-up. I mean, I think the 49ers are gonna be right there. I mean, like you, like you, you got said, the I Saints
2: over there too. The Saints, the
0: Cowboys are gonna be right there. I mean, you never, <laughs> hey, know yes what, sir. You never know what um, Tom's gonna do down there in Tampa. So I mean. I think the NFC is gonna be a little little more of a shake up this year than in pass.
2: So so you're picking who's the team you're picking to go against Kansas City?
0: Uh I'll give it Breeze. He's on the he's on the tail end.
2: They've got a they've got a pretty good it. group. I think um, we have got a little Saints, Saints Chiefs. All right. Do the does Drew Brees ride off into the sunset with a Super Bowl or does Patrick Mahomes get another one?
0: Uh, I'm gonna give it to Drew Brees. I think in him and old high pitched Michael Thomas are gonna have another
2: year. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. I like it. But what do you think about the uh, predictions, man? Well,
1: I agree with it. I mean, I I think uh, – who did you pick to win it again? What was it? Uh, did you pick Saints, Baltimore? Saints Saints, Saints, Saints. Saints and the Yeah, Drew Brees Saints winning. were in my Super Bowl. Saints were in my Super Bowl.
2: They are. They are. But I think you have Lamar beating them, right? I
1: do have Lamar beating them. That kills me. That just absolutely kills me. But oh, it is you what gonna it is. You're going to hear all.
2: You're going to hear from Cox for yeah. a long time. I mean,
1: I mean, I got to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly shocked I'm going with the Saints, like, just because I hate on Andrew so much, um, because uh, he's a big Saints fan, I, but but I really didn't, I mean, the rosters just, it's good. It's like, now's the time for the Saints. If you don't do it this year, when are you going to do it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've just kind of got robbed. I mean, if, I mean, Hunter and I know... They robbed themselves
1: at times, too. But they
2: do, but... but, but
1: the, the refs, 100. but they still threw that pick.
2: Hunter, me and Bo throw talk about the Saints, just the hit by the Rams two years ago when it was just unbelievably obvious it was uh, <laughs> pass interference, but they just didn't call it.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was that was that just that was just mind blowing.
2: I mean, as a coach, I see, you see, I always think, you know, I'm mad as a fan, but you come from a coaching side too. If that happened to my team when I was on the sideline, I don't know what I would do if I was the coach. Yeah, right. it'd have been
0: it been very hard to be professional and not put my hands on that official. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's probably why I'm in the press box at GW to keep me away from officials. So
2: Well, what what I want to talk about now, man, um, I, w- I wanna move away from TSR's normal stuff talking about the NFL and I wanna talk about what you do for GW. I want you to, you know, talk to us about, you know, how long you've been there. And um, pretty much what you do and what you enjoy doing with the GW Eagles football team.
0: Yeah, we just finished our seventh season. Um, when the head coach Nick Anderson took the job here, he called me up. I worked with him for a year down in North Carolina, um, right out of college. He asked me to be the O line coach and the strength coach, and I I looked at the pay raise from North Carolina to Virginia and said, "Hell yeah, I'm in." <laughs> so I, pack, I, I packed up. I mean, I didn't know I lived in Rockingham, North Carolina. I knew the coaching staff and maybe a dozen other people. I mean, I packed up, but you all came up here and had a blast. I mean, I, I run the weight room during the school year and during the summer. Um, o line coach uh, last couple of years. Uh, Nick's put a little more trust in me, so I call 90% of the run game. I'm not a big fan of throwing the football, so I leave that to, <laughs> to Nick and Jay. But every play, he's gonna get a run play, whether he picks it or he doesn't pick it. But I mean, we've been lucky to have some good running backs come through GW, so it's been fun calling plays. And I've had this past season was the biggest group that I've had. Um, I had a massive line this year. We just we ran we ran into Salem. had a few bogus calls, and that's what kind of hurt us. But I mean, I love. Doing a, I love coaching the O-line. I mean, I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. People don't, <laughs> people don't like me, but I get the best out of those five or six guys that nobody else can get, and people don't see that until they actually come to a game and see how my guys play and my guys react. They've, well, they've kind of known. I've been there long enough. The kids in middle school, they know what to expect, so they come ready. They know they're going to get yelled at whether they do good or whether they do bad. That's just that's my coaching style, and <laughs> the kids love it. I make it fun for the kids. I mean, in the summer, I'll bring them Freezy Pops if it's blazing hot outside, and the skill kids get mad. I mean, I don't give them to them. No, you got to come practice with <laughs> yeah. for a week to get a Freezy Pop because, I mean, nobody gives the lineman any love. I mean, I got oh, – That's hard true, man. Working. It's, true. it's hard
1: working out there.
0: I grade, I grade, I grade them every week, and whoever has the most uh, pancakes, they wear a black jersey with BA on the front for Badass during the week. So oh love that, man. <laughs> um, I got a wrestling belt for the kid that gets the highest grade of the week. They put that up in their locker. Um, so I just make it fun for the kids because the only time we get our names called when hope false start. I mean, we don't, we don't score. We don't, we don't get to do any of that. So I got to make it fun for these kids because. It's, it takes a special kind of kid to get hit day
1: in and day out and just enjoy it and have the hardest practices every day i mean it's uh, a especially like at that age you look over and you see the dbs basically running routes and getting balls thrown to them and just getting in lines and then you're pushing a sled and doing constant up downs and and doing head-up drills and just all kinds of just painful stuff you don't see everybody else up to oh yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: we I try to make it easy on them some days, but I mean because of that, I mean now two days a week we're gonna have we're gonna have a physical practice. So we're gonna get after yeah. it um, just because you got to, to get them ready for Fridays, Thursdays and Fridays with the JV kids. I mean, I tell my guys if I make it hard on you in practice, then it's gonna be easy on the games. That's what we want. We want it to be easy on Friday, but hard during the week.
2: Well, I got—I gotta tell you this, Hunter. I uh, envy you, man, because I think it does take a special kind of person. And I've always thought this. It takes a special kind of person to um, coach. It takes—you have to have a certain personality, um, a certain toughness about you, and um, you have to—you know—it takes a certain type of person just to get people to uh, to buy in to what you're what you're selling, pretty much. And I, so I, I think it's awesome that you, you love your job so much. and talk about, you know, you reward these guys. You pretty much tell them, look, hard hard work does pay off. And if they do good during that game or during that week, you give them prizes to keep them motivated. So I, I think that's awesome. How do you feel about GW heading into the next season?
0: Uh, it's I mean, it's up in the air right now just through all this quarantine stuff. I mean, hopefully yeah. there have been a couple states that are bringing – Voluntary workouts back in June, so hopefully Virginia hops on board with that. But I mean, I think I've got to replace three out of five, um, so I, that's going to be difficult for me. So that's why I'm ready to get out on the field. I gotta, I gotta do a little more coaching this year. Last year I didn't have to do much coaching because I had four seniors. Um, so I got,
2: yeah. I gotta, I gotta work makes, makes it harder. a lot easier when you got a lot of experience.
0: Yeah, I got, I got to find a new center. So. The coaches don't envy me this year. I'm gonna have to work a little harder.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. So tell me this. I. You know. I was just doing my research, man. Um. And you know, I want. I want you to talk a little bit about where some of your guys went last year, where they they committed to go to school.
0: Yeah. Um. The biggest. The big one was Tyler McDuffie. I mean, he he only played one year. Um. I've been trying to get him out from his eighth grade year because the kid last year was six nine three sixty. He was, just, he was just massive. I mean, he um, he ended up getting a scholarship from Hampton um, University. That's where he's going. I think they'll redshirt him a year, but then I think he's going to be an absolute monster. If they can get him down to 330 or 340 and at 6'9", just from playing basketball, man, the kid moves great. Um, then my left guard, Ty Lee Myers, he, um, he signed with Bridgewater. He's going to go up there and play. Um, D3. is a
2: fantastic
0: um,
2: place to go play
0: football. Um, those are the only two that I had signed. I've got a kid. I mean, each year we've had an O lineman go somewhere. I've got a one of the Jackson kids will be back next year at left tackle, and he's he's got a good shot to go Division Two um, F uh, one aa as well. I mean, he's 6'4", 270, smart, four point three GPA. I mean, the kid is the kid's just a great, great overall player.
2: I, I tell Bo all the time, you know, you're sitting here rattling off how big these kids are, and they're, you know, <laughs> teenagers. I tell Bo all the time that I wish I had been big enough where I could have played football. Because believe me, Hunter, um, whenever we meet in person—and I can't wait for that to happen—you're gonna be wow. This guy is absolutely now. Bo says I'm sneaky tall. That's what you call it, right? Yeah, that's I, just I may, my little, yeah,
1: a little compliment for you.
2: I, I may sneak up on you. I may. Um, Surprise you with my uh, <laughs> how tall I know. I'm kidding, it's not but, uh, likely. Oh, uh, no, it's not. But uh, me and Bo as co host standing beside each other, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, most people when I, when I show up with Bo and say this is my co host, they think it's pretty funny um, how much bigger Bo is than I am. But yeah, I mean, I wish I could have played football, I really do. I don't even know, Bo, wh- wh- what position do you see me playing football?
1: No, you'd be a DB, <laughs> uh,
2: I'd be a trash talking DB, you'd
1: be, man. you'd be sticking you out on you'd be sticking you outside or safety or something. And, and I mean, I I knew you in high school. You know, you know, might have been a scout team DB. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I definitely would been a scout team DB. That's-
1: which is not a fun position. No but, scout team position is very fun.
2: But I know that you know, like you said, you're familiar with Bo Hunter, and obviously Bo played offensive line.
1: Oh yeah, I was nowhere near as good as as uh, Hunter was. I I was I was coming off some pretty pretty major surgeries, but I had a lot of love for it and. And, uh and i you know nothing like him and that's why i wanted to bring him on man it just i love i loved my offensive line coach at GW absolutely after after he left things weren't the same and i know like his guys you know when they leave there i bet you they miss the way he coaches them because if your line coach isn't hard on you then he's probably not getting the most out of you because it it takes a dog to really grow at that at that position
0: it yeah takes and a that's, dog and that's make a dog. and a lot of fans don't realize that um they see me yelling and getting mad at them, but they don't—they don't understand. They don't see me in the locker rooms. They don't see me taking these kids home every day. we're—we're yeah. I mean, we're in the halls. We're in the halls of the middle school constantly. I mean, anybody that's got some size, hey, you need to come play football. Hey, you needed—we need you out there. I mean, we're—we're we're invested in these kids. I mean, that's what—that's what, that's what kind of anger gets me upset when you get all these people on. Facebook and the message boards just bashing the kids and bashing the coaches. And I'm like, man, these kids put in work. I mean, during this, I mean, this summer has been a little weird, but I mean, most summers we go from eight to eight to two, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And these kids are out there grinding in the heat and it pays off. I mean, people get mad because we beat the crap out of teams, but I mean, I can't tell my kids not to do what they're supposed to do. I mean, they put in the hard work. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've had, I mean, every record in the school has been broke except bench press. I mean, the kid benched 475. We ain't able to ever have a kid to bench that. But anyway, we've broken the squat record. We've broken David Wilson's hang clean. We broke David Wilson's power clean. I mean, we put in, these kids put in work. And I just, and I, I wish more people would come to the games that do to see these kids.
1: If everybody came to the games that comment on the Facebook feeds and message boards, the stands would be full. They'd have to build a new bleacher set. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Everyone's got an opinion, but they don't show up and they, they don't know the work. They don't know the work kids are the kids put in at all it's that's why i like i mean me and my family at we like sitting on the hill and watching the games just because you know it's less opinions around everyone's got an opinion about it but i mean hunter i know and then uh, i mean jacob definitely knows because he understands what it takes like workload wise which y'all do is that the work y'all put in is definitely getting noticed by some people and and you do a do an awesome job and it's been a blast watching that offense go from what it was when i played at gw in the like 2010 time. And it was just like wing T run it 75, 80% of the game. And now it's just this wide open book of plays and all kinds of different concepts that these kids are running and it's preparing them for the next level of football. And and I think y'all are doing a great job.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I I look at it. The field's 53 yards, 53 yards and a third long third wide. I mean, you got to defend that. They're putting everybody in the box, get it on the edge. I mean, We've we've got play, we've got kids that can absolutely roll and just get them the football.
2: Yeah. Uh, Hunter, I'm gonna tell you this, man. You know, we we've, we've had a lot of. We've, me and Bo have been fortunate um, ever since we started this podcast. Um, I you know we've been fortunate with a lot of the guests that we've had come on. We've had some of the biggest fans you could ever meet. We've had NFL agents come on, authors come on, um, other scouts come on. But I'm gonna tell you what, man. When Bo was like, look, man, I got a coach from GW. I probably got more excited about that um, than I did for anything else.
0: So I appreciate I, it,
2: man. I was so excited, man! I could not wait to get you on here. Um, it, it was just—I I had a ton of fun on this episode. Like I said, the funniest part of this episode, I think, is the way Bo sounded for the majority of it. Um, <laughs> but you sound like a completely different person. It's like I don't even know uh, who you are.
1: Uh, I hope, I dude. I hope. Uh, I hope we fixed it. I don't know what's going on. This. You, this yeah, let me
2: tell you, buddy. You sound very distinguished. Very, very distinguished.
1: Okay. Um, We'll get it right next week. I'm sorry. Yeah, we
2: will. But, uh, Hunter, again, it's been a blast talking football with you on this episode. You're always welcome to come back on the TSO Podcast. We'll have to get you back on again during the season at some point. Um, Once again, guys, please go give our guy Hunter Karn some love. Go follow him on Instagram at Eagles underscore Coach and on Twitter at the the underscore Coach underscore H. Bro, go ahead and let everyone know where to find you, my man.
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter, uh, capital T-S-R, lowercase B-E-A-U. And you can find me on stillcurtain.com, writing some articles every week. Should have one coming out by Monday. And you can find me here every week with you guys.
2: Guys, please go follow me on Twitter, at Scouting LLC, and follow T-S-R on Instagram, at Scouting underscore LLC. Guys, please go to blitzalytics.com and follow Blitzalytics on Twitter, on the website, go to the members tab, find Jacob Patterson, check out the articles that I've written and the scouting reports that I did for this last draft class. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and be ready for next week's episode when we bring in another scout from Blitz Olympics who talk all things Denver Broncos. It's going to be a blast and you won't want to miss it. As always, go subscribe. Go give a review and go TSR. You know it's showtime when this
1: beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away. No. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go. Well, I got the got to get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop. Continue.